0: All right, we are back. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I love that song. That was Jeff Buckley with Grace. And standing by to join us in the second half of the show is Peter Himmelman. He's an award-winning Emmy and Grammy-nominated musician. He's founder of Big News and author of Let Me Out. Good morning, Peter. Hello. Hello. Thanks for calling in. I have to tell you, my the name of my show is Get the Funk Out, and I thought, I want to have him on. Because <laughs> a lot of the things you talk about in the book, unlock your creative mind, bring your ideas to life, I felt like, oh, this is perfect. So how are you this morning?
1: Well, good. It's a good good name for a show, I think. Thank you. You know, it's people's attention.
0: Yes, it does. It's not something you're going to forget. <laughs> you kind of go, what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what? What did she say? Right.
0: Wait, did she mean that? Um I love how, uh, we're going to get into this, but uh, you said that readers can learn new ways to reduce fear as a means to becoming more creative and creating with purpose. And a lot of times we, we are fearful. I know sometimes I'll write something and I'll think, oh, it's not so good. I'm, I don't think this is going to go anywhere or I, I just, I get fearful. I mean, do you have, let me, let me back up. What led you to do this? Because I, obviously you're Emmy and Grammy nominated musician, so how did this come about?
1: Well, I mean, you know, it's hard to say, and it's sort of, you get into a pattern with these answers, and then, mm-hmm. you know, not just in an interview, but in general, in your head, and you have a narrative, okay. and then it becomes solidified, and you wonder, is it true? But <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah. I think that what, what sort of happened in the music business, and for those, you know, maybe your listeners don't exactly know, um, it became enormously disrupted. I mean, it, the, the way that people would purchase music, the way that they would, even the way people listen to music now is so different. If you ask a normal, you know, anybody, a friend, when is the last time you sat and listened to an entire album of any delivery system? I don't yes. mean just vinyl. Yes. When did you sit and listen to an album as you would a movie? When's the last time you did that? And and typically the answers are, even among musicians, it's been months. Yeah. I can't remember the last time. So, you know, the, the way that the saddle was once a very basic part of the way we used transportation, you know, it's now they still have saddles, but they're not around. It's not generating anywhere the kind of commerce or attention that they once did. And I felt that was exactly the same way with my music. You know, any music that anyone wants is available for free at any moment. Any song you could possibly imagine, you could basically call call up on YouTube or Spotify. Mm -hmm. So I had, you know, about three kids within the course of about three or four years going into private schools and colleges. And no one prepares you for that. And uh, I suppose if they did, you, no one would have <laughs> children, I suppose. Right. But, um You know, so I needed to find a new way to work with the skills that I developed.
0: So you felt like there was something else you needed to do, obviously, because this wasn't working for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of factors. One of the factors also is that um, I suppose as I became older, and as I mentioned, I'm a father, and... Mm-hmm. Um, the needs that I had were different as a young person. You know, you want to get up on stage and aggrandize yourself, and it was important, you know, rock and roll. And mm-hmm. and then I found myself in, in many positions of mentorship, not only to my own kids, but to other young people and people around me. And it became something that was really enjoyable, helping other people, you know, bring their ideas to life. Um, So it kind of connected with a passion of mine.
0: Well, the whole idea of big news, could you talk about that? Because is that all the mentoring and things like that with music?
1: Yeah, and I was actually referring to things that I just did on a sort of a non-professional, pro bono level, which Mm -hmm. I still do all the time, Um, in thinking about a new way to... Use the skills that I had and sort of to think about. Well, what were they? For many years, I did uh, composing for film and television shows like Bones and Judging Amy, where you had to come up with a lot of ideas really fast. It was a fast-moving train, and I thought to myself, "Well, what are the what are the ways that I can?" It's not like I'm eliminating fear, as you mentioned just earlier. You have you're fearful. Of this and that and anxious and so am I. It's not that like you become a fear free person.
0: Right. I don't
1: think they exist. And I don't I certainly don't think creative people are fear free. What I kind of looked at my own processes and started thinking about was well what are the ways that I can sort of push fear aside in order to accomplish something? And in, in the case of the score of music, you know, sometimes it was 40 minutes of original music fully produced within two or three days. It almost doesn't make sense mathematically to be able to do that. Um, and, and I think the big news, which is a company that I started, which now goes and helps people at different companies from Gap and Adobe and 3M and schools like Wharton and Ross and the Kellogg School of Business, I sort of bring the skills that I learn and some of the techniques and tricks to help people push their own fear aside And without becoming too verbose here on the phone mm-hmm. My kind of axiom is Is that once you push your fear aside You're never going to eliminate it permanently As I've said you, you immediately become more creative And then the discussion becomes Well what does creativity mean in the first place Because we use the word so often And I so often hear it sort of used in a way that's too myopic it's too it has to do with performing and poetry and dance but I don't really think the essence of what creativity uh, is 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 really discussed much
0: right you know I try to tell uh, my daughters it's great to get out there and do things that scare you at a young age like whether it's public speaking or something because you get over that sooner than later
1: yeah, I mean, the, one of the things that I talk about a lot in the book and certainly talk about in my own life is that we're our, our fear is a, is a natural and helpful part. It's a life-saving. It's life-preserving. Mm-hmm. It's something innate within us that, you know, you could say that it lives in the amygdala. It's always on the lookout for threats. And I've named this little fearful voice Marv. Oh, I was going to ask is, you
0: about that.
1: So, yeah. yeah, Marv. In my imagination isn 't this horrible creature with fangs and talons he 's just a little milk toasty guy in our heads <laughs> who is an acronym. Marv is the acronym for majorly afraid of revealing vulnerability mm-hmm. and when Marv sees you know a rabid puma coming after us, Marv is there to literally save our life. The amygdala will you know sort of work to get our body adrenalized and we can flee but the problem is is that Marv intuits people criticizing our work the same way that he intuits the, the mortal threat of say this rabbit puma yes. and the way that it works in our heads is if we are fearful of doing something Marv is saying yeah yeah you're afraid you know Peter Let's say I'm afraid to make this call, you know, today. And, you know, in some ways I wanted to be good. I was worried maybe I'll sound like an idiot. (laughs) And Marv is saying, okay, Peter, you're going to get on that show
0: Mm
1: -hmm. with Janine, and you're going to sound like an idiot. You could. You could. You could fail. And I'm like, you know, you could. It's possible. And if you fail, failure engenders shame. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I'm listening, and I'm kind of lured into what Marv is saying. And, and Peter, shame always induces abandonment. That's what happens to shameful people. And here's where the connection between people not liking your work connects with this rabid Puma. Mm -hmm. If you're abandoned because of your shame, which resulted from your failure, you will die. And I think that at the core of all our fears about reinventing ourselves or even having a very frank and honest conversation is this sense that we will die because as young children, mm-hmm. pre-verbal infants, we literally would die with abandonment. Right. And we never lose that. We never lose that sense. Now, the only way that you counter it is to do something somewhat counterintuitive. You simply take the first steps towards whatever that fearful goal is. You don't wait for the fear to abate. It never will unless you take action on it. Yes. So as soon as I called you and heard your voice, which is very calm and soothing, Thank you. Marv is now sitting next to me going, yeah, Peter, you got it. I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have some uh, Irish breakfast tea with cream, and I'm going to read the New York Times and right. just go for it.
0: You got And this. then he
1: becomes your ally.
0: Right. No, you're absolutely right. I love that. I have another question. Uh, what is an elephant rope, and how is this related to my creativity? Well,
1: it's funny. I just was talking to a friend of mine about this. You know, I, I don't remember where I heard this. I was in San Antonio, I think, and I heard this idea that in India, when they want to train, I checked this out with somebody from Mumbai, and he said, yeah, this is pretty much how they do it. When they want to train a a young uh, elephant to sort of stay in place, they chain it to a tree or a post. They take it and put that chain around this young elephant's ankle, I guess elephants have some sort of ankle, around their foot, and they can't get loose. It's a chain. They don't have the strength. And it goes on for a couple months or a year or so. And then when they get to be adults, they don't need a chain any longer. They simply need a thin piece of rope Mm -hmm. symbolizing the chain. And And for me, that idea was very resonant. What are the things in our life that we experience as children or young people, the small things that we intuited as huge things Mm -hmm. that can really stymie our development as adults?
0: It's funny. I have to interrupt for one second. I'm thinking about toxic people that hold you back or criticize you, and you even if it's as a young child, you've been bullied or whatever, or it's a person— You can take that with you for a long time.
1: Hey, I think you can take that with you for, if it's not interrupted, if it isn't examined or had a light, you know, shined on it, Mm -hmm. it can last for 40 years. Oh, yes. You know, I was just telling this, you know, it's a story from the book. I have some anecdotes in there. I was a kid, like 12 years old, and I was going into junior high, and, you know, I wasn't an athlete, I was trying to get into a mu- be a musician, because that's what I thought I could do. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden we started playing a concert in our garage and all these people from other neighborhoods could hear the music. They started coming in these group of girls who were really attractive, you know, started coming. I thought I was going to be the hero. And, <laughs> and I came up to him after having sprayed right guard in my armpits to the beat of Jimi Hendrix cross town traffic, which I thought was hilarious. (laughs) And I come up to these young girls, and I, you know, and I thought it was going to be easy street, and one of them looks at me and says, Himmelman, you're not mature enough for seventh grade. Ugh, (laughs) crushing. It's a small and funny thing, but I have to tell you, that... Affected me in such a deep way Aww. for so long. Of course. It really did. I mean, those things that we think about in the terms of these elephant ropes, they're not usually huge things that, God forbid, somebody was sexually abused or something. That's a whole different category. Mm-hmm. And those things are well known to us. Mm-hmm. These are things that sort of stay under the radar. And they hold us back. We don't even know that they're at work.
0: Well, they are, you know, subconsciously they are. You're right. Now, it's so interesting. When you were writing this book, did you have these aha moments, like, you know, all these epiphanies as you were writing this book?
1: (laughs) Did you ask, did I have
0: those? Yes.
1: Well, I must have had a couple, but I I will tell you that they were vastly outnumbered by the, the, the moments of, oh, my God. This is horrible. I suck. <laughs> this is never going to get done. I, I don't even want to look at this. Yeah, I would say it was 90 to 10. Wow. You know And really, without, you know, that's how it goes when oh, you're no. doing things. Yes. When you're making things, when you're sort of carving new ground, you know,
0: right.
1: You have to become inured to the pain of it. It's like an athlete has to understand at some point, not that anyone loves it, but the physical pain of your muscles sort of giving out becomes at some point, well, that's where you know when the lactic acid is flowing. Well, there's some improvement here. I'm going through something. You have to sort of be mindful on some level to say, hey, this pain is actually what's propelling me. This process.
0: Yeah, whatever kind of creative endeavor you do—you're writing a song, you're writing a book, you're writing a script, you're acting—you're very vulnerable, and you have to. Yes, if you're
1: doing it well. Yes. And sometimes, you know, uh, getting back to this idea of creativity, and I'm, I'm kind of always helping people unlearn what they think they know about it. So, like, you know, I'm an artist. Quote in quotes, and I have a little goatee and I have a hat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I must be the creative guy. And the actuary or the insurance person or the mail carrier, clearly they're not creative because look at their job titles. But in fact, there's what I, you know, just going off what you said about vulnerability, yes. if you're doing it well, sometimes I'll be. It's supremely uncreative. I'll just be going through the motions or writing in the furrows of something I've already created, Mm -hmm. creating this kind of safety for myself without any vulnerability. But there's no depth there whatsoever. And in that sense, it's not creativity. It's simply repetition.
0: Yes. I want to interject something, because this is an interesting thought. When you're moving from... You know, you're mulling over ideas. How do you get to actively doing?
1: Well, I mean, let's say your goal is, and I, I always wanted to fly a plane. It's just something I wanted to do since I was a kid, and then it didn't work out. I, you know, I was basically afraid to do it because now that I have children and a wife, and what if I crash? Mm -hmm. And you know, and I also thought I'm not that good at math. I bet you need a lot of math skills. Turns out you don't. Um, I, I, I just am so afraid, but I really want to do it. So one thing I did, I took action, and I break down the actions for a goal that I want to do into parts that are so ridiculously small that they're almost laughable. One of the actions I did towards you know, flying a plane was I simply approached my chair, which sits in front of my computer, with the intention of sitting down. It sounds like ridiculous. Yeah, well, I had this intentionality to sit and then it was easy. It's a, anyone can sit in a chair, pretty much, you know, and sit in front of a computer, so I did that. Now, even that tiny piece puts me in a totally different world from mulling fearfully this idea. Mm -hmm. I had taken a tiny action, and I sat in front of the computer, and then I did another small action. I Googled test flight times in Santa Monica, near where I live. Mm -hmm. And then I did another step. I wrote down the phone number and the time. And then I did another step. I had a conversation with someone on the phone. That's great. (laughs) You know, like what uh, what I'm trying to illustrate here is, you know, It's a metaphor, in a sense. Right. You break it down so that you can do the action. No matter how afraid you are, you can always take and reduce it to something that you can do in the moment.
0: No, that's excellent advice. So what are some common but unexpected roadblocks to creativity, and how do you help your readers overcome these obstacles?
1: Well, I mean, one of the obstacles is not being able to envision something. Mm -hmm. you have this kind of fear-filled sort of muddled vision about something that you'd like to do. And it could be a conversation. I'm always talking about that, a difficult conversation. You have to call, you know, a relative from whom you've been estranged or something. And
0: it Mm -hmm. seems
1: very frightening and very fraught.
0: Right,
1: And it's, you don't really have a sense of what well, what's a positive outcome look like. And what I advise people to do is take a very short time. All the things that I sort of advise are all really done in a, in a short time. There's nothing that takes three weeks. Little pieces that take three minutes so that you can actually get them done. And write down, actually writing is a very important piece because it's taking this sort of nascent you know, intellectual energy and, and bringing it into the world through having these words on a piece of paper. Okay. What does this, this vision look like in success? What, what is the future vision, I call it? And write down all the details that you could possibly think of. What's the weather like? What are you wearing? You know, mm-hmm. who are you with? What is your emotional, you know, state? And even if you find, well, that's not going to be true, just write it anyway. Yes. So that this becomes sort of a bulwark against this Marv character, this voice of fear's protestations.
0: Yeah, it's like your, your vision board. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I, I'm a very visual person, so I can relate to that.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's many ways to do it. I mean, the point is, you actually have to do something. You know, to right. arrest this sort of cycle of fear. And let me tell you, I've, I have I have the cycle of fear happening to me every day. It's not like I'm this fearless person or this anxious, anxiety-free person. It's nothing like that. It's just almost like it takes one to know one. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's something you have to work on daily.
1: It is. I mean, like any kind of muscle, it really works best when you have a sort of practice with it. Mm-hmm. And, and I also say that it, it needs to take place in every aspect of your life. The way that you interact with people, especially people that are close to you, has such an effect on reducing your fears. The idea that Marv is basically selling you this sense of abandonment, which leads to mortality, mm-hmm. the closer your, your close relationships are, the less ground this Marv idea has to stand on.
0: Well, and I love Ariana Huffington's quote, by the way, on the cover of your book. There's deep wisdom here, along with very practical tools for translating our ideas into the real world.
1: Yeah, there's something about, I think that's a nice encapsulation of the book. There's there's some kind of depthful explorations of emotional and psychological ideas. Mm -hmm. But there's also a very practical counterpart to all that stuff. So, okay, let's think about this, and now let's get moving. Mm -hmm. This is basically what each sort of segment has in it. Let's think about this. Let's see how it could affect you. And now let's take really practical steps to start moving the ideas along.
0: We have to wrap up, Peter, but where can people find out more about you?
1: Well, I have a couple of websites, peterhimmelman.com, and there's a website called uh, Big Muse. It's just big, B I G. M-U-S-C dot com. Mm-hmm. And there'll be uh, a link to the book, which is called Let Me Out. Unlock your creative mind and bring your ideas to life. There's even a website called letmeoutbook.com. That's and
0: great. you'll find
1: out more than you ever wanted to know.
0: <laughs> and any last bit of advice for someone who's in a funk career, personal funk, anything?
1: Yeah, I would say take always, I always circumscribe this with time. Take five minutes and write down things that you'd like to do right now. Do not make them realistic. Realism is not (laughs) needed in this little game. Okay. And see what you come up with. Don't think. Just start writing and don't analyze why they couldn't happen while you're writing them. No one has to see these but you.
0: Got it. Even if it's like a crazy road trip somewhere.
1: Absolutely.
0: You know? I love it. That's great advice. Are you also on Facebook and Twitter? And yeah,
1: yeah. Peter Himmelman, Facebook, and all over. I like the social media tools.
0: Good, good. So I think you did very well, and uh, I loved having you on, and uh, I'm glad I <laughs> put you at ease.
1: <laughs> you did right from the beginning.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, I hope to meet you sometime. Um, tell me again where you're located.
1: I'm located in Santa Monica. Where are you?
0: I'm in Orange County.
1: Not that far. Not at all. I can bridge the the gap. Let's do it.
0: Perfect. Well, I look forward to meeting you sometime. Me too. Thanks so much for calling in, and I will send out a link when I upload this onto my blog within an hour after I wrap.
1: Excellent. Thank Uh, you very much for having me as your guest.
0: My pleasure. Have a great day. That was Peter Himmelman calling in to talk about his book, Let Me Out, Unlock Your Creative Mind and Bring Your Ideas to Life. It was really great chatting with him. This is a wonderful book about overcoming fear and making first steps and uh, stop being so judgmental and critical of yourself. I know we're all guilty of that from time to time. All right. So we're going to wrap up and then coming up next, Sheldon Abbott with Cure for the Blues. Have a wonderful Monday, everyone. If you missed any part of today's show, we'll be up on my show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org, and I'll be back next week. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.